So I want to I want to talk. I want to finish up actually our series today on alive. We are people who are alive and how God is reviving us. He's reviving our spiritual passion. Amen. And today I want to talk about how God is reviving our vision. He is reviving our vision. He's reviving us so that we'll be able to see. We'll be able to see. It's, it's a terrible thing to be in a place. You ever been around some folk and, you know, some things are going on and maybe people start talking or maybe they start laughing about some stuff and, and you don't know what's going on? You ever been in a situation like that? I know I have. It seems like I've been in a room and it seems like I was part of the conversation and I was in it and all of a sudden they start talking about something or start laughing about something or start using words and these kind of things. And I, I'm thinking and I laugh, <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what they're talking about. You never been in that situation? You ever been there? I know I've been there, right? It's a terrible thing to be in a situation where things are going on and we don't, you have no idea what's happening. And so that's why I'm saying Jesus is saying to us now, don't miss my time of visitation because some things are going on. The cloud is moving. I'm moving. I'm speaking. I'm reviving. And you don't want to be that person where everybody else is praising and you're going, what is going on? Why are they so happy? I don't see what's happening. You don't want to be that person. And so God this morning is saying, I'm here to revive your vision. I'm here to revive your vision. I want to talk to you about a young man who God spoke to, a man named Zephaniah. If you have your Bible, turn over to Zephaniah. If you have your device, see if you can get to Zephaniah real quick. It's, it's in the Old Testament. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, God spoke to him. In fact, right there in verse 1 of chapter 3 um, of Zephaniah. In fact, in verse 1, let's go back to chapter 1. Let me look at verse 1 of chapter 1 before I even get to chapter 3. The Bible says this, the word of the Lord which came to Zephaniah. The word of the Lord which came to Zephaniah. Talks about who he is, the son of Cush, the son of Gedidiah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah. He was a great, great grandson of Hezekiah. And it was in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah. Can I tell you something? There is a voice for every generation. There is a voice that is speaking for every generation. There's only one time in the history where God withheld his voice before Jesus came. We know for 400 years, God withheld his voice. But throughout the rest of history, there is a voice. God is always speaking. If you feel like I'm just not hearing from God, it's not because God is not speaking. It's because we're not hearing it. We're not hearing that voice. There is a voice in this generation. God is speaking to us, and it's not up to us to get him to speak louder. It's up to us to listen, to hear, because spirit speaks to spirit. Deep speaks to deep. Flesh speaks to flesh. I've said this over the last number of weeks. If you want a great communicator, you can listen to the flesh, and you can get all excited about communicators, and they use different kind of words, and we hear self-talk and all these kind of things. And if you want all that, that's great. There's plenty of people on Instagram that, uh, you know, Instagram DJs and, you know, on TikTok and all that, that can inspire you. If you want to do that, Facebook, I know our generation here, most of you guys, Facebook for some of y'all you know you want to get on there you want to be inspired do that but if you want to hear from the Lord spend some time in this thing right here I don't know if you know what this is first of all it's called a book okay it's called a book all right and then it's called the Bible 
Spend a little time in this book right here if you really want to hear what's going on, if you really want to be inspired by the original, by the original inspirer, by the original inspiration, by the original influencer. Come on, there's a lot of influencers today. But God is the original. I'm not, I'm not against influencers. I, I, you know, we all need to be influenced. That's what leaders are. Leaders are influencers. But God is the original influencers, influencer. And there is a voice for this generation. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah down in verse 12, it says, and it shall come to pass at that time. I will search Jerusalem. Watch what God is saying here. He said, I will search Jerusalem with lamps. This is what God is saying. I will punish the men who are settled in complacency. This is the, this is what I'm trying to get across to you. This is what God is trying to get across to you this morning. We cannot be complacent. Those who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. What does that mean? The Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. That just means they're complacent. That means God's not doing anything. I don't see anything happening. I'm looking around. I don't see what's going on. You know, I look around and I see war. I see people who are sick. I see floods. If there was a God, why would he allow all that? God said, I, I am God. I created everything. Why are you allowing all that? Why are you allowing sin to run rampant in your household, in your city, in your church? Why are you allowing that? Why do you not stand up? Judge yourself, God is saying this morning. There's a voice. There's a voice for this generation, and we have to hear it. But here's the thing with God, and this is what I love. Because you might say, well, dang, Brother Mike, I mean, you, you know, you're coming that way, and you know you're coming, you're talking about judgment. I, I, I know you said uh, it's gloomy outside, but you're happy, but you don't seem happy. But I am happy. You want to know why? Because with judgment comes mercy. See, with judgment comes mercy. The judgment is not just to push you down and crush you, but the judgment is to get everything out of you that's not like God. Search me, Lord, and know me. By the hand of your spirit, reach into my spirit and remove those things that are not like you, that I might be pure before you. Because God doesn't impute sin, he imputes righteousness. That's what God does. And that's what he's doing to us. He is a refiner's fire and we cannot be afraid of that fire. I don't even know where this is going this morning, but God, I, I believe God is saying, I'm, I'm going to burn some things out and it's going to start right here with us, the church. Why? Because we're the example. Do you know that you are the example? You are the man of God. You are the woman of God. You are the one that has the answers for the world. That's why Jeff was up here speaking about that this morning. You are the one. We are the blessed people. We are Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 16. We are blessed and not cursed. Jesus died on the cross and took the curse of the law. We don't have that anymore. And if the world is going to be blessed, it's got to be through us because we are the ambassadors of Christ. There is a voice for this generation. There is a voice and guess what? Guess what? While you're waiting to hear what the voice is, God is telling you, you are the voice. Oh, you are the voice. You are the voice for this generation. If things are going to be changed, it's going to have to come from us. It, Jesus is speaking through us. Know ye not. I love the King James here. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple. Where are you looking? You looking for a preacher? 
to tell you? You looking for someone to influence you? What are you looking for? We waiting on someone? We, we, we're waiting on God. We're sitting and waiting on God. God is saying, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have my spirit. You can speak things to life. You have a creative spirit in you. That's why we need to speak to it. That's why we got to stop just, and listen, I, I don't want to offend you with this, but that's why we got to just stop praying and waiting. We must pray. I'm not saying not pray. We pray here. I'm not saying don't pray, but I'm saying praying and waiting for something to happen. God is saying, I'm coming to judge the complacent. That's what I just read. That's what I just read. He's saying, listen, don't be complacent. God has come to revive our vision. We should be able to see it. And I think that's probably what's been lacking for us. We say we have vision in the church, but I think that the reason why we're, we're, we're so complacent and the reason why we sit around and let things happen and just say, boy, that thing I saw on the news, that's just so terrible. I can't believe what's going on. And listen, the world is doing what it's supposed to do. Why are you shocked when you see things on the news? The devil is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. The question is, are you? The question for me is, am I? When I look in the mirror. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And so it's time for us to stop sitting back and start speaking some things out, even though we don't see it, even though we don't see it with these eyes. That's why God is giving us vision. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah. There is a word. There is a voice for every generation. There's a voice for this generation. And when I say generation, I don't just mean a span of time. I don't just mean people this old to this old. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about generation. Watch this now. You know where the word generation really initially comes from? It comes from a word that means genes. It means genes, okay? So I'm talking about people who have the DNA of God. No matter how old you are, you can be eight, you can be 87, okay? It doesn't matter. I don't care how old you are, as long as you got those genes and you're part of just generation. This generation, and there is a voice for this generation from God, and we have to speak that voice out. And I think that one of the, one of the things that's caused us to be so complacent is because we, don't, we can't see it for some reason. We, something is blocking our eyes. It's like we have those scales that Paul had over his eyes, and we're not seeing the victory because guess what? The victory is already there. God's already done it. We can't pray and ask God to do something he's already done. We just need to see it. God just wants us to see it because if you see it, you'll do it. If you can see it, you'll run to it. If you can see it, you'll support it. If you can see it, you'll speak it. This morning, we need to be able to see it. God is restoring our vision. I don't, I don't know if you fully understand who it is that you serve. Because you say, I serve the Almighty God. We, we say that. I say it. But sometimes when I, when I do things and when I think things and when I say things, it makes me wonder, do I really understand who this is that's in me? Do I really understand that this is the creator of the universe? The one that spoke things into existence. The one that when the water was coming up, he said, stop, no more. 
Do I realize that this is the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world just so you could be reconciled to him? Do I realize that this is the almighty God? The earth is his footstool. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Rose of Sharon. Come on, do I realize who it is? The one that the universe is inside of him. Do I realize that this is the almighty God that I'm serving? Sometimes I lose sight of that because I get so distracted with life. And as always, as always, it's not a condemnation, please. It is not a condemnation. We all, we're human and we go through it. We get distracted and we think things are so important. You know, we, our circumstances, you know, the money that we have in the bank or our car is messed up or this thing is happening or I don't have the clothes that I, I should have or whatever it may be or my shoe has a hole in it or my kids uh, got a bad grade or what. We, we, these things are so important to us that they consume us and take us over. And God is saying, please, he's saying those things. I have an answer to all of that. I have an answer to all of those. I'm just, I'm, tell, I'm giving you words that will speak and change all of those things in your life. But I want you to serve me first. I want you to see me for who I am. This is what Hezekiah meant when he said, I see the Lord seated on the throne high and lifted up in the train of his robe. See, he, now I can see the Lord. After Job went through everything that he went through, God restored him. He, he always spoke highly of God, no matter what the circumstances were. He spoke that God is God. And then he said, now, see, I heard of you with the hearing of the ear, Job 42. I heard about you. I went to church. I sang some songs. I said amen a few times. I read some of your word. I spent some time in devotion a few times. I remember that. I prayed. I heard of you with the hearing of the ear, but now I see you. Oh, I see you now. I see you. I see you. And see, when we have that vision, it's going to make us get up. It's going to make us march forward. It's going to make us take back what belongs to us, church. This belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. It's going to make you want to get up and take back what the enemy stole from you. Stop sitting there. Stop sitting there. Oh, well, no, this belongs to you. This belongs to you. We need to get up and speak it. Get up and speak it. Come on. Jesus said, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Who is it? It's the Lord God, mighty in battle. And I'm coming in to get those you stole from me. I'm coming in. Upon you, I will build my church. That means the revelation that you got. And guess what? The gates of hell, the gates of hell that are trying to keep you out because all of it belongs to you. Heaven, hell, everything above the earth, everything on the earth and everything below it. We're taking it all over. We're taking it all over. That's, that's, a, that's, that's another message. We're not going to get into that. We're taking everything, okay, because it all belongs to God, and he gave it to us because we're part of him. We have his DNA. Now, why can you say this? Why do you talk like that? Why do you talk like that? Turn over to Zephaniah chapter 3 real quick. Zephaniah chapter 3, and look at a couple of verses. First of all, verse 8 and 9. 
It says, therefore, wait for me, says the Lord, until the day I rise up for plunder. Watch this. My determination is to gather the nation to my assembly of kingdoms. See, that's why I said it's all. It all belongs to him. To my assembly of kingdoms, to pour on them my indignation, all my fierce anger, all the earth shall be destroyed with the fire of my jealousy. For then I will restore the people's a pure language. That's why with the judgment, come on, comes mercy. That they all may call on the name of the Lord. Drop down to verse 14. It says, sing, O daughter of Zion, in case you didn't know, that's you. Shout, O Israel, in case you didn't know, that's you. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, in case you didn't know, that's you. Come on. The Lord has taken away your judgment. 15, has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day, verse 16, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion, let not your hands be weak. Verse 17, the Lord our God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you to whom it's a reproach, is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who are driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time, I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you, for I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord, God is doing something in your midst. God is doing something in your midst. He's trying this morning to get you to understand who you are. And the only way you're going to understand who you are is by seeing him for who he is. This is who God is. He's come this morning to revive your vision, your vision of hope, and revive your vision of victory. Why, why would you say such a thing? Let me quickly, <laughs> I, know, I know I'm a man of points. Let me quickly give you nine things real quick, nine reasons why you can trust God and how you can see God. This is how we need to see God. Number one, we need to understand from Zephaniah that my God is with me. You are not alone. He is with you. Wherever you go, God is with you. You have his word with you. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord God is with you. Do not fear. Do not let your hands be weak. Why? Because he is with you. And he says, don't let your hands be weak. You don't let your hands be weak. I, I used to, I, I, when I get in a situation and, and I was unsure about, I used to pray, Lord, give me the strength. Lord, give me the strength. Why? Because my mother used to say, Lord, give me the strength. She said it because her, her mama, my grandmother used to say, Lord, I'm in this situation. Lord, give me the strength. God is answering that this morning. I have given you the strength because you have my Holy Spirit. Now you don't let your hands be weak. I, I remember going, uh, going to the gym. I go, don't, don't, don't talk about me now. I know it might not look like it, but I know going to the gym, lifting weights. And I'm, I'm sitting there bench pressing. And it's, okay, I can do this, no problem. 
And a young man at the gym come over to me and said, hey, hey, uh, Pastor Mike, listen, uh, you've been bench pressing uh, those same weights uh, for about four weeks now. He said, uh, go ahead and add something. Go ahead and add. I said, oh, man. So I, so I add a few pounds. And uh, so I try to lift it up. And as soon as I start to lift it, it's a little bit heavier. Here's all the things that come to mind. Here's all the things that come to my mind. Well, I mean, you're trying to lift up heavier weights. You're getting older now. So, I mean, you know, you don't really have to lift them all up. I mean, it's not like you're trying to be the rock. Who do you think you are? Dwayne Johnson. I don't have to do that. You know, I hurt my shoulder some time ago. I mean, why, you know, I mean, it's okay. And plus, I heard people say, uh, you know, that really it's all about the kitchen and what you eat in the kitchen, not so much about, I mean, all this stuff started rushing to my mind. And I, I, heard, I heard this voice say, you just making excuses. And I said, Lord, no, don't talk to me here. When I go do devotions, you can talk to me. I'm lifting weights. Okay, you don't have to talk to me while I'm lifting weights. God, talk to me while I'm lifting weights. He said this right here. Don't let your hands be weak. And it was mental. So I made up my mind. I'm going to lift this up. And I lifted it up. And I lifted it up again. And I lifted it up again. And I did four sets of 10 on the new weight. That at first, when I first tried it, I couldn't get it up. And in fact, I was so, I was like, all these people at the gym, I'm embarrassed now. I don't even want to try it. I need to think of an excuse. My shoulder. God said, you're just making excuses. We're making excuses. He's saying to us, don't let your hand be weak. Don't let your hands be weak. Why? Because I'm with you. And the second reason is you can take my example, God is saying, because my God is a mighty warrior. God doesn't back down from anything. Why would he? He created everything. God is a mighty warrior. I, I love this example. Brother Al, Pastor Lou used to use this example all the time, and I've used it several times as well, where, you know, you're watching the old cowboy movie, and the lady's tied up on the train track, and the train is coming, and it's all over now. She's about to get run over by the train. And all of a sudden, you hear that, Calvary coming over the hill with the flag, Jehovah Nisi. The banners coming over the hill to save the day. God loves to. That's why. Why you think God could do anything anytime he wants to? Why you think the Bible in Acts chapter 16 says, and at midnight. And at midnight. God loved because he wants the enemy to think the enemy won. Yeah, let them think that they won. But when midnight comes rolling around and you praising me, I'm going to start shaking stuff. A great earthquake's going to come, and the prison door is going to be open. I'm going to start shaking some stuff out. Your God is a mighty warrior. That's why you, that's the vision you need to have of him. God is a mighty warrior. And number three, God takes delight in you. I wish we would believe this. I wish we would believe that God takes delight in us. In verse 17, the Lord will take delight in you. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over his work in your life. Do you know, did you, when I, when I first, when I read this and realized what it really meant, I was amazed that God sings over you. He says he will quiet you with his love. He will quiet you with his love, verse 17. He will rejoice over you with singing. What is better than that? To have someone sing over you. I would tell you some stories about my wife singing over me when I was in, uh, when I was in, you know, had, when my father died, she sang to me, you know, even when we were first together, I was, I was already, she said, don't tell that story, I won't tell that story, but it was nothing better than to have someone singing over you. 
God takes delight in you. God gives you new life by his love. He renews you by his love. He will calm you with his love. You will rest in his love. He's saying, quiet, calm down. I got this together. I got it. If you'll just trust me, I have it. I have it. Number five, God protects me. Remember, we, we did a, a, a message series a few years ago about hedges. God has a hedge about you. God protects you. And it's not fair. The enemy's saying it's not fair. The devil says it's not fair. I can't get the job. It's not fair. God's saying, you're right. It's not fair because I protect those that belong to me. He's saying, I will deal with all who afflict you. Don't worry about it. Let me deal. You know, there, there's nothing greater than that. I, I, I will tell this story. My, my mom, God rest her soul, I can, I can tell this now because she's gone on to be with the Lord. I, I remember uh, being in our neighborhood and we were, we were real young, me and my brothers, and, you know, we're going up and down the street and this, this guy, make a long story short, picked a fight with my younger brother. And uh, he called my younger brother some names and uh, he kind of beat him up out in the street. And I really couldn't defend him because I was so little as well. We were both little. So, you know, we just kind of ran home and, and, and told my mom what he had said. He said some really derogatory words. And, uh, you know, and we were just expecting mom to say, well, it's going to be all right. You know, and uh, let me just, uh, you know, heal your wounds and, you know, make you uh, make you a pie or something like that. My mother, my mother said, what? And stormed out of our house. We fought a mama. Where mama going? And she marched down the street, walked up to the door, banged on the door, and the guy came to the door. She said, what did you call my son? And he said, that's what I called him. She snatched the door open, snatched the guy. I said, mama, 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 what you doing? And the guy was so shocked. He probably could have beat my mother up, but he was so shocked you know, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Miss Shelton. I, I, I didn't realize that he apologized. There was no greater. We was like, yeah, that's right. You did with my mama, my mama. <laughs> that's right. There is no greater feeling than to know someone is protecting you and defending you. That's what God is saying. I got you. Don't you worry about anything. Nothing is too scary for you because I got you. God restores your walk. I really believe there are some of us who have a limp in our walk. I mean our spiritual walk. There are some things that have happened to you in life. You've been offended. You failed one too many times. You ever been there? You failed just a, a few too many times and you kind of tired of, of trying. All right, there's a limp in our spiritual walk. Maybe you tried, you, you thought you tried speaking some things out and it, it didn't work and there's a limp in your walk. And God is saying, I'm here this morning to restore your walk. I'm going to restore your walk so that you walk upright. I'm getting rid of the plantar fasciitis. I'm getting rid of all the itises, the arthritis, whatever itis you want to call it. I'm getting rid of all that so that you walk upright. I'm restoring your walk this morning because the enemy needs to see you walk. The enemy needs to see you're not, you're not, you're not one that's going to hide. We don't ambush the enemy. We walk right in. That's the way we do. The Lord God is with us and he's restored our walk. He is also, God is a God that restores prodigals. As I said, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. All he's looking for you to do is get up. Get up and say, I'm going back. What am I doing? You know, that's, a, that's a, it's an interesting scripture in Luke 15 when it says uh, he came to himself. You know what that really means? It means he's like, what the heck am I doing? I'm out here eating with these pigs. What is going on? 
I was in the house with my father. We had everything, man. I mean, we had everything. I'm out here eating with some pigs. Some of us need to come to ourselves. What you doing? What are you doing? Say it to yourself. What am I doing? Because God's ready. God will take you right back. He will take you right back. You don't even have to jump through any hoops. He'll take you right back. He restores prodigals. And with that, he's going to restore honor over your life. He's going to restore honor. You don't have to worry about dishonor and offense and all of those things in your life. Again, no matter what you've done, no matter what's in your past, today is a new day. Forgetting those things that are behind you, but looking forward to the things that are ahead. We press, we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. A man with his hand to the plow looking backward is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Forget about that, what happened in the past. He's restoring your honor. He's restoring your honor. And then finally, God restores your eyes. This is a vision I'm talking about. To see all of his goodness, not just some of it, not just some of it. He's restoring your eyes to see all of his goodness. If you saw all of God's goodness, you'd be running around this town. If you saw all of his goodness in your life, if you saw all of it, that's why God is restoring your vision this morning to be able to see his goodness. Saints, this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to put things aside that don't matter. Things you think matter. Now, I'm not saying ignore your life. I'm not saying don't pay your bills. I'm not saying that's not what I'm telling you. But I'm talking about priorities this morning. I'm talking about stop saying God is a priority in your life and make him a priority in your life. Oh, come on now. We're talking to each other. We all hearing the word of the Lord. You're not hearing from Brother Mike. We all hearing from you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stop saying that God is number one in our life and let's make him number one in our life. Because if we could see, if we could see God, if we could see God, and don't say, well, then God just needs to, uh, you know, show himself in three-dimensional realm. No, 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 no. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. Everything we do is by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. He wants us to see who he is. Take some time. As we finish out this year, as we finish out this year, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. We're getting ready for the Christmas season. I'm going to say Christmas. Some of y'all say holiday. I'm going to say Christmas season because it's Christ who died. We know Christmas without Christ being born. As we get ready for this Christmas season, I want you to take some time in these, next, in these final weeks of this year. And I want you to recalibrate your priorities. Recalibrate your priorities as we go into next year. All the things that you think are important, all of the, you know, what is it that we do at the beginning of the year? We always make some New Year's resolutions. Let your first resolution be to see God for who he is above all your other resolutions. I'm going to save money this year. I'm going to pay off all my bills this year. I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to get, I'm going to do some exercise this year. I'm going to restore a relationship in my family this year. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better child. I'm going to be a better whatever it is. 
I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to buy a new house. All those things are great. Do all of that. But before you do any of that, make God your number one resolution. Because then none of the rest of it will be work. None of it will be work. It'll just be you speaking to it and watching how God works, how he gives you strategies. It doesn't mean you're not going to do anything, but he's going to give you strategies. He's, he's, he's going to give you ways to do things. He's going to give you words to say to people to get the job. He's going to, he's going to teach you how to study for the test. He's, he's, going to, he's going to open doors for your business. He's going to do all of those things this year. He's going to restore your relationship. He's going to tell you what to say. He's going to tell you how to apologize. That's most effective. He's going to do all of those things. He's going to teach you how to speak this year. Because our speech is going to have to be different this year coming up. If we're going to forge your way ahead, our speech is going to have to be different for all of us. It's going to have to be different. So before you do any of those things, make God your top priority.